Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Monday, December 28th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Boy, nothing comes easy for the Chiefs. They can play the 10-3 Saints or the 4-10 Falcons to a field goal game. The thing is, they win those games. The Chiefs' 17-14 victory over Atlanta on Sunday was their 10th in a row and 7th straight by one score or less. Doesn't matter if a team's headed to the playoffs or not, the Chiefs always play it close. Hey, let's look at it this way. It gives us plenty to talk about. So we did on Sportsbeat Live after the game and now a Sportsbeat KC podcast with Sam Mellinger, Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, and Herbie Teope. Let's get right into it. Hello from Kansas City. Welcome to Sports Beat Live, the Chiefs post-game show where uh, we get your questions and comments and talk about the Chiefs game, which resulted in a 17-14 victory over the Atlanta Falcons today. We talk about it with Vahe Gregorian. What's up, Vahe? Sam Mellinger is here. Sam McDowell and Herbie Teope. Not in a special box today, but just lined up with the rest of us. Herbie, good to see you. Um, Herbie and Sam are in the press box at Arrowhead Stadium. Vahe, Sam McDowell, and I are scattered uh, around Kansas City. So, guys, we um, I want a show of hands from those who believe today's game would come down to a missed 39-yard field goal by a kicker who had made 27 in a row. Seeing no hands, um, I'm going to I'm going to think that. Uh, this is not the game that we expected, but it was the game that we got, and it was really interesting. Irby, I love what you do after the game. You you write uh, what we learned from this game, and um, I, I don't. I'm still trying to figure out what the Chiefs learned, but uh, but there a lot happened, and let's just get right to it. How about your kind of your biggest takeaway from today? It, you know, I, I think this is the norm now. This is the seventh straight one possession win for the Chiefs. And it's like, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about last week. We, we, you know, when Murray were saying that the national media calls the Chiefs frustrating. They got all this talent, but they're not blowing anybody out. And it's just the nature of the National Football League. And I think today you clearly saw that. Here you are facing a 4-10 and ten team. The Falcons entered this game ranked 31st against the pass at or near the bottom of numerous statistical categories in defense, and yet this is the game we got. I was stunned. Uh, here we are late into the second quarter, and we still were scoreless, you know, finally going to the halftime, with, you know, all tied up. But, yeah, this was not the game I thought it would be. You know, I remember when Mellinger, Sam, walked into the press box. I was like, yeah, by halftime, we should be done writing. Nope. <laughs> it's the nature of the National Football League. We haven't had a blowout in how long now? It's been a while since the Jets game. Uh, similar sentiments were expressed in the Kansas City, Kansas City Star office uh, between Vahe and I that this would be one we would have a decision, early decision, and uh, be able to settle on topics around halftime or so and just have an easy afternoon of it. Instead, it comes down. It's a, it's a you know just a strange strange game with uh, a lot of twists and turns. And Sam Mellinger, um, I, I think – one thing we might be able to conclude is if the Chiefs are going to play low scoring or going to have low scoring games and sometimes close games, uh, it's because of the quarterback play. And today, quarterback, he no play so well. That's right. By his uh, standards. I, I thought it, yeah, yeah, by his standards. It, it, look, um, 
passer rating is an imperfect metric, right? We, we can all agree on that. But it's only the third time in 45 regular season starts since he became QB1 that he's been under 80. And, and that number would have been a lot lower. And I think the outcome would have been different if um, A.J. Terrell hangs on to the interception late, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter. I, I thought it was – I don't know if this is recency bias, but it's, it felt like the worst game that, that he's played. That, that touchdown that he threw um, at, at the goal line. Uh, was kind of the first one, at least that I can remember, where you just think, "Oh my God!" Like he should definitely have seen that linebacker um, sitting there in zone coverage, like right under. It, it was the first sort of like, "Wow!" interception that 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 I can remember. You know, like the last week, and for most of the previous few weeks, there was a lot of talk about like you know the Chiefs should be blowing people out, right? Um, and, and you know, it comes down to whether and Vahe wrote about this, but it, it comes down to whether. You know, you see these close victories as, as a feature or a bug, right? And and I think for a long time, especially in the Saints game, I saw that as a feature. I thought that was the most impressive win they had last week. Um, this one was a bug. <laughs> you know, I, th- I thought this one was their their least impressive win. That just uh, the defense bailed them out. The defense played terrifically, especially without. I think was it Herbie? You just mentioned the uh, the linebackers. You know, they're 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 rolling with Darius Harris and Willie Gay. Um, you know, pretty much the whole time. At least and Amari Cobb. Yeah, yeah, right. And, I mean, to be able to play like that, the defense deserves like a lot of credit. Um, you know, they get overlooked and they get blind and, and all that stuff. They deserve credit, but um, the offense—that's just not good enough, and they're just not even close. I had to remind myself how Darius Harris got to the Chiefs. You know, because all, all of a sudden, you know, he's a yeah. he's a starter and a significant player. What were you going to say, Herbie? No, I was just going to mention Amari Cobb. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they you know when Ben Neiman left the game uh, with the, with hamstring, I think right. They were right. down to Willie Gay, Cobb, and Harris as the only linebackers that were available to them. So, and but and, and then look, I think Willie Gay had one of the you know best games by a Chiefs player. I know the film will you know you it will you know you'll look at the uh, the all twenty two to see, but he was active as heck and led the team with nine tackles, forced the fumble. Uh, that was that was stopped a Falcon scoring drive. So, um, well, look, as is the case with almost every Chiefs game we talk about, we, we start off with why was this game so close? And uh, but which is fair, right? I mean, they all they all are close, no matter who the opposition is. They're within a score, as Vahe said. But um, the Chiefs win them all. <laughs> They, they just do. They're 14 and one. They set a they set a franchise record with their 14th victory today, and a big reason for that was Travis Kelsey. And I uh, I know that a couple of us were, uh, were were writing about Travis Kelsey after the game. What made today's game so special, though, Vahe for Travis? Well, a couple things, Blair. But the but the uh, the obvious surface thing really is some unprecedented numbers, right? I mean, he's now getting into this level where, you know, it, it goes beyond the eye test. I mean, you can see numbers that are entrenching him in NFL history and I think very much putting him on a trajectory toward the NFL uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, but the thing that stuck out today that was, to me, really interesting was I mean, this was pretty gritty stuff by Travis Kelsey. Clearly he was laboring with a couple different things. We saw him wincing a couple times, uh, having to limp back out on the field. Um, I don't know if it was, you know, to go to a little sports history here, you know, Willis Reed at Madison Square Garden exactly. But but I but I think he he showed how he embodies the team that way. Right. A superstar athlete who also is 
tough as nails and comes through in the clutch. And, you know, on this day where Patrick kind of sputtered and just didn't seem, you know, to have his usual uncanny uh, sort of self-possession and, and view of the field and feel for things, uh, he always knew he could turn to Travis Kelsey, who had a couple pivotal catches really on every scoring drive, including the, the, the one touchdown. So I, I just think uh, he's really become he's really become another guy at the position, another guy in another position besides Patrick Mahomes that you might be thinking about now is uh, among the best to ever play it. Absolutely. No, it was 105 receptions now, 14, 16, I think, yards. The first tight end in NFL history to have two 100-yard reception seasons, and the, the 14-16 is NFL record for tight ends. Uh, we will get to the topic of whether Kelsey should be able to pad those numbers next week in, in a moment. Uh, but there were some other things I wanted to talk about. I want to get back to the offense. Um, Sam, McDowell, another close game. Uh, the lowest scoring game for the Chiefs this year. Am I, I'm right about that, right? 17? Uh, they've been over 20 each time. Um, and uh, in, a, in a way, it reminded me a little bit of the Colts game a couple years ago. Sort of that inexplicable 19-13 to 13 loss to the Colts at, at Arrowhead Stadium where um, the Chiefs couldn't generate much of anything. They didn't, you know, their, their, their first three possessions today went punt, punt, and then the interception on the Rose Parade uh, uh, throwback to Mahomes hybrid thing and uh, two touchdowns and a field goal uh, against a team that, as Herbie mentioned, was, you know, came into the game with one of the worst pass defenses in the, in the NFL. What, what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about how Mahomes doesn't really have off days, and today he was just off. And I, I know that the offense wasn't great, um, but I also thought that he in particular was off, and he analyzed himself in a pretty critical manner by saying it was a lot of the pre-snap stuff that gave him trouble, which usually doesn't give him trouble. It's usually one of his strengths, and the offense just was, was sort of out of sync because of it. And, you know, at some point you wonder whether winning these post games is a sign of, maybe something uh, masking a problem rather than finding, but I think Sam and Vi raise it as, as a good feature. So um, I still think that they're, they're flirting with danger a little bit here, the way they've, they've been reliant on having to make these plays late because four of these seven games that they've won by one possession during this streak are against teams that are going to be sitting at home in January, and they're going to be playing a lot tougher competition next month. Now they've beaten a couple of these, you know, the, the the teams that they have, you know, played close games against, like the Dolphins. Um, they, you know, they they're in the I think I think they're in the playoff picture right now. Um, the team team that they they have beaten had a almost a three touchdown lead on in the third quarter, but were unable to put them away, and it came down to, um, you know, came down to a, a fourth quarter scramble, as all these games seem to to do. Uh, Paul uh, Brashears asks, uh, what grade did our rookies get, Gay, Sneed, and Harris? I'll, I'll go with this. I, I thought they were terrific. I mean, just based on the – you know, we, we had the same, the same angle, same view as, uh, as you guys did, and I thought they were active. I thought Gay was, uh, was, was all over the field. You, Herbie and Sam Mellinger, you guys had the, the press box view of it. Uh, it was, was Willie Gay where he was supposed to be most of the day? I think so. I mean, career-high nine tackles, and I'm really curious to see how many snaps he actually played because in the last two weeks, 
combined, it, it turned into 29 total snaps over two games. Obviously, he was he was thrust into more action given the injury factor. But every time you looked up, he was making plays. Sneed, second straight game with a sack. And, you know, for him to be as physical as he is, and I know McDowell has been writing about him over these last couple of weeks. Good job, Mac. You're ahead of the curve. But it, he uh, he's had a phenomenal year as well. And then Andy Reid obviously lavished praise on both of those guys at the end of the game. They were all over the field. Well, one thing about Legereus Sneed, um, you know, we talk about him and we should when he makes the interception on that out route in New Orleans or, or helps. It looked like Gay and, and Sneed were both kind of 50-50 stripping that ball out um, on the fumble. And those things are great. Um, and it's a reason that he's having a breakout season. But I don't hear – like I think we should talk also as, about there's not plays where you think, well, that's a fourth-round rookie. You know, he'll get that cleaned up in the future and become a good player. Like it, it's just like plug and play immediately being in the right spot and immediately like having the, I don't know, the, the guts or the confidence to be on this stage. I, I think that is a really impressive trait that, that I don't think the Chiefs expected that. The way that they were talking about him in training camp, they, they thought this might be a project of bringing him along. And they talked a lot about, you know, he's got to understand the game, the scheme and all that stuff. I think he's exceeded their expectations in that way as well. Yeah, I wonder, especially because, Sam, he's not somebody that came from SEC football or something, so the jump right. was even greater for him. Um, but I wonder if we would be seeing this sort of production out of Willie Sneed if not for Bashad Breeland's suspension to start the season where they had to play Sneed. I mean, they, they had no no choice but to play Jerry Sneed in, in the first four games of the season. I, I just wonder if um, that sort of forced them into a situation where they had to prepare a guy to be ready to start from day one, and that helped both sides because of it. I just remember thinking going into the opener that cornerback was going to be a, a, a position group in progress. It wasn't going to be good out of the box, and they were just going to have to figure things out. And I think it's been, on the defensive side, their best position group all, all year. I, I really do. It's, it's just been terrific. And Matt Ryan ended up with some nice numbers today, 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. But I still gave the passing defense a, a solid B with the four sacks um, and pressures. And how lucky did the Falcons get when Chris Jones got to Matt Ryan and the ball went up in the air and, and ended up in Todd Gurley's arms for, for a first down reception. So um, I, I thought the defense played Pretty pretty well tonight. This remember this was a Falcons team that got up on Tampa Bay. Was it seventeen to nothing last week uh, at halftime before losing it at, at the end? This it's, this wasn't a terrible team that the Chiefs played today. It was a team with a bad record, but but I, maybe I'm drinking the Andy Reid Kool Aid here. But I just don't think the Atlanta Falcons are a bad team. I I felt like that too, Blair. Just just watching them, I I didn't think they didn't look like a four and ten team. And you know, I, a little tip of the cap for them to them for still. Playing like it matters when they're four, when they are four and ten. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners: unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Stars' award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only thirty dollars. That's a forty percent savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at 50 bucks, unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. 
please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Go ahead. The biggest, difference, the biggest difference between the Falcons being 4-10 and the Chiefs being 14-1 and is the Chiefs are able to close it out. Now, Melly, go ahead and drink because, you know, I'm going to go back to my days with the NFC South. <laughs> That's been, always been the biggest problem with them. They have, they're loaded with talent, but for some reason or another, the Falcons just haven't been able to put it together. I kind of agree with what Andy Reid said, though, at the end of the game. I do hope they give Raheem Morris a legit shot. Yeah, well, we know why. Uh, <laughs> I'm not saying that. <laughs> year at Kansas State, and uh, and and Melly doesn't need you to mention the the NFC South for him to have a drink either. So let's just get that, <laughs> <laughs> that cleared up. Um, uh, uh, Brian LaBerge makes a point: the the games of Chris Jones and Frank Clark, kind of the the Frank Clark maybe game we've been waiting for for a while. Maybe you know, end of the regular season, he's heating up. Um, I saw a good, you know, just a good secondary move, spin move from him. Maybe it was on his sack or was it a pressure? I can't remember. But he just looked as active as I've seen him uh, in, in quite a while. You know, I, I love to bring up the parallel universe concept. Um, in, a, in, a, in a parallel universe, Tyree Kill doesn't run that ball down on the interception. And then you don't get those back-to-back sacks and the Chiefs lose this game. That I think – that was a big pivot point in the game right there. I mean, I, I, I think the game could have slipped away from them. I, I, I just, for whatever reason, they didn't, I don't know that they had the kind of firepower today to come back at that point. I, I can't remember what the score even would have been, but I just, I, I didn't like where it was headed right at that moment. And that's the, just to sort of back up on that, that that's sort of what I, I am implying by they're flirting with danger with these close games, because when you go back and look at some of these games, They've had to catch quite a few breaks back to back to back to you know, to, to Carolina missed a field goal at the end of the game, um, and in, in Vegas they had to have a game winning drive to to win the game. Against Denver they had to have two stops, one of them aided by a coach not going for it at midfield, and then today they've got to have a thirty nine yard missed field goal, a dropped interception in the end zone, and that play you're talking about with Tyree Kill. And I, I know that there's definitely something to winning games late, and Andy Reid wants to call it mental toughness, and I think he's right about that. But I also think that these aren't games that they should be reliant on mental toughness. There's teams that throughout the season, everybody goes through these sorts of games, and I just think the Chiefs are stacking too many of them back-to-back-to-back to back to back here. I do think that this this one is different to me. Um, like I, I felt like a lot of these other games – New Orleans in particular, maybe that's just on my head because it was the last one, the most recent. But uh, a lot of those games have, have felt like feature, not bug to me. And and this was a game, I'm not saying the Falcons are trash. They're not. Um, they've got some really good players. Um, Calvin Ridley, man, um, he had a big day and he's just talented in general as well. But gosh, the, there were a lot of like self-inflicted, you know, kind of the Chiefs need to be better than this kind of things going on in this game receivers wide open and I don't want to bash on the defense because they played they played really well overall but there, there was just a lot of um and Mahomes Sam McDowell you just mentioned this Mahomes brought up he's he can be self-critical right um he, even in the good times but he brought up a lot of pre-snap stuff I'll trust him on that 100 right but th- there was a lot of like some of the pocket presence I think was was slipping a little bit um decisions seemed to be hesitant um receivers weren't getting a lot of separation too it's not all the quarterback uh, but it also seemed like on 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 some snaps that uh, the ball was just flat out inaccurate. So 
you know, it's just, it was a, it was a really bad day for the offense. As, as bad as um, you know, Blair, you brought up a couple minutes ago the, that that game against the Colts last year that just seemed like so weird. Especially after remember that that play Mahomes had where he runs around and oh, throws yeah. that like thirty five yard bullet to whoever it was. You think this I is going to get wrong? But I don't know what it was. Um, the Falcons deserve some of the credit for that, but um, you know, th- this was to me significant. This was different than the other one possession games to me just be, I, I felt like the chiefs just left a lot on the table. Maybe that's just cause it was offense and it's easier to see when it's offense. Uh, but that's, that's how it looked to me. Well, Andy Reid mentioned that the Falcons have Bob Sutton on their, their coaching staff. So that, that, was, that was probably the X factor today. You know, Bob Sutton's defense was the last one that stopped Patrick Mahomes in 2018. So he just. If that didn't make it into your story, you need to call up the desk and rewrite it. (laughs) Hey, one one quick thought, and and we've talked about it basically, but. You know, your discerning eyes when you look at the All 22 and, and, and a couple of these things. What do you think you're going to learn about Patrick's game? The thing that I was so struck by was I know he got pressure and I know there was some miscommunication, but I really thought seven, eight, nine times he just threw it inaccurately. And and I'm not used to that. And uh, I, But did you guys see something else? I, I just feel like he was seeing something that he doesn't I usually thought that do. Happened. Yeah, I co-sign on that. Yeah, some inaccurate passes. There are also some times where, like, especially like in scramble drill kind of kind of situations, it didn't look like I, I would accept um, Kelsey from this. Uh, but it, it it seemed like some of the other receivers weren't moving the way that they should, the way that they they usually do in those situations. I I wondered Vahe and I wondered if you know Kelsey hobbled off the field at one point in the fourth quarter, and then he. Sat out for one play and came right back and had his most active, you know, moments of the game on the on the what proved to be the game-winning touchdown drive. Um, I, I'm not obviously he w- wasn't hurt enough to you know to to stay uh, to to be out of the game, but I just there were times today when like McCall Hardman would look back at Mahomes and you know kind of I think he was wondering if it was him you know is it me or is it you what. You know, something's really off about all this. So I, I don't know what it – I do think this, and a lot of people have commented, a lot of our, our, our viewers have commented on this, offensive line uh, did not have one of its better games. And uh, Mahomes was pressured plenty today. I don't have the pressure numbers in front of me, but it just seemed like uh, the, the, he only was – and I think he was only sacked the one time, but gosh – he was backpedaling, retreating, and and I thought there were times we should have tucked and run more often than he, he only did it a couple of times. But, my gosh, I just thought the line, especially the right side of the line, was collapsing too soon and changing the dynamic of the play um, sooner than, than the, the Chiefs are used to it changing. Nobody? The official stats. Sorry, the, the official stats. I was waiting for somebody else, but the official stats had um, the Chiefs down for for only five uh, quarterback hurries on Matt Ryan. But um, but watching that, I think those numbers will will rise um, once the Pro Football Focus stuff comes out and stuff like that. Um, I do I do think that the, the offensive line needs to be better. Um, but I also they, they've had so many injuries there. Uh, maybe my expectations there. Are a little bit too low, and I expect you know the 
five hundred three million dollar quarterback to you know to to make it work. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, uh, so you had Remmers at uh, at right tackle, and uh, and, and um, Wiley was back at right guard. Is that right? So um, it just it just seemed like when there was when there was trouble, it came from that side today. Um, what, did, what did we think of the fourth and one call, the the, the Rose Parade uh, hybrid throwback to from from Watkins? I know he had to throw it; it was fourth down, but there was it was fourth and one, fourth and one, not fourth and three. Uh, I, 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 I as that play unfolded, I just found myself asking, "What are you doing? What, what, why are you doing this?" Um, they had already picked up a fourth and one. What D- uh, Daryl Williams, who I thought played a good game today, um, had an eleven yard run up the gut. Uh, you know, that's up the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Up the middle. You know, go figure. <laughs> yeah. Fourth and one run up the middle. Uh, I, I thought like when that play, look, I, you know how I am on this stuff. I, I'm never going to criticize going forward on fourth down. Um, and, and I, I don't mind the trick plays. Um, I, I really don't. They, they look terrible when they don't work. And I, I guess my, my criticism of that specific play would be, it looked like it was a one read play. It looked like, they were completely relying on whatever that, that backside linebacker defensive back to just fall asleep. And if he does, Mahomes is wide open and yeah. you know, you've got one of the biggest highlights of the week, but if he doesn't, it didn't seem like there was a second option. And maybe that was because there was pressure coming to uh, you know, quarterback Sammy Watkins in, in that situation. But that, that, that would be my only credit. It, it kind of reminded me, what, what was the game shoot? Was, was it Tennessee? last year where they were in a big situation late and, and they, they called a play that was just like a one read play. And, and oh, that yeah. read was not, yeah, it wasn't Hill. It wasn't Kelsey. It was somebody down, down the list of playmakers. It, it, it had that feel to it. That would be my criticism of it. But I think the trick play stuff, they, they, they run it because they need to, and they run it because it, it works. Didn't there look bad. You know, there was, you could see on the replay very plainly a a secondary option, Um, but I I suppose it really is a bit much to ask uh, quarterback Sammy Watkins to to go to the second read there. But there was progressions. There was a running back right right across the middle. I I, I don't know which one it was, but there was someone right there in his his line of vision. But um, I think Pat, didn't Patrick say on the call, on the Zoom call, that, that, uh, he told Sammy he's got to throw it no matter what. Sammy probably took him literally that you got to throw it to me no matter what. <laughs> he didn't just say it before the play. He was saying it during the play. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He, <laughs> he did this. Yeah. So the Chiefs are uh, bound to determine to get Mahomes a touchdown reception, aren't they? Uh, it, 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 is, it is going to happen at some point before Mahomes ceases to be a Chief. He will get a you will, you will get a touchdown catch. So no, um, please don't stop trying. Like, like keep, keep them coming, please. Right. Well, and if he does, I think he'll join uh, maybe only Don Terry Poe for the only Chiefs that ever thrown, rushed for, and caught a touchdown pass. So <laughs> a pretty exclusive company if, if it happens. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, a couple other things. Let's, okay, let's, let's begin to wind down by just talking about what should happen in week 17 against the um, San Diego Chargers of Los Angeles? I mean, <laughs> coming to Arrowhead Stadium. Um, 
So what do you do? Andy Reid's been in this position several times, enviable position, right? Because you're you're only in this position if you're locked into your playoff seed, which means you're in the playoffs. They are the number one seed. They they do not play in the wild card round on January 9th or 10th. Their next game will be January 16 or 17 at Arrowhead Stadiums. Um, uh, that's a long layoff if you decide to rest starters, right? That's you're talking about three weeks of not playing. Uh, so. What uh, what do we think will happen? Should happen? Might happen with the with the Chiefs? Who are we going to who are we going to see next week? I think Here anyone who's dealing with an ailment needs to be rested. Uh, obviously, that's going to take out Sammy Watkins with the calf injury. Go ahead and rest him. No need to start him. Uh, Travis Kelsey already has the record. Unless you want him to to try to win um, the reception lead, uh, that depends on what happens on these games. I don't think you need to see all the starters next week. I, I think you need to rest them. And there's some benefits to that because you allow their bodies extra time to heal. The bye week's going to give them that already. But when you're playing a meaningless game, and Vahe nailed this on Thursday's show, why risk the injury? There's no need to put that out there, put that risk out there in a meaningless game. So I think you should rest them. I totally agree. Um with Herbie it's it's not as simple as like in baseball with I know <laughs> it's not as simple as in baseball like when you clinch and you just empty the bench right um and, and let the starters like be hung over um for the next game but uh, I, I would rest anybody that that I could um because look it, it's not it doesn't mean but like the choice is not rust or risk injury like there there's some space in there to navigate especially for a good you know experienced head coach and especially when he has a roster of guys that have proven that they can rise to the moment. So if, if the plan is to rest, and I think it should be, you can treat these three weeks of, or the next two, I should say, weeks of practice as, you know, something, something more than, uh, you know, just put your feet up, right? Like you, you can, you can give those guys some, some action, but it's controlled action, um, you know, in practice to kind of keep them a little bit sharper. That, that's what I would do. The last thing this team needs is, you know, the, the quarterback, twisting an ankle or, you know, Travis, you know, just, I, I would, I would just eliminate any possibility of that, um, get those other guys sharp, get them some action and, and be ready for the division. I, I'm going to disagree a little bit and it's because of what we saw today. Um, you know, I, I do think momentum is something going into the playoffs and going into a, a playoff game against a team that has just won a game. Obviously you're going to be playing against a team that's just won a game and feeling pretty good about themselves and having just put out that performance that we just saw against the Falcons, I'd feel, I guess, not not completely uneasy about it, but it, w- it would make me have a little bit of reservations of that being my last performance going to the playoffs. And we haven't really talked about it, but this is actually three or four straight weeks now that this offense hasn't been at its complete best. And I think I would want to have, even if it's just a quarter or a half, I'd, I'd want to have a little bit of something better, um, better taste in my mouth going into the postseason. Now, that doesn't mean play guy that are dealing with stuff. I, I would sit a guy like, you know, Tyree Kill's been dealing with a hamstring for a little while now. It's probably a good opportunity to get him some time off. And I understand playing half the guys isn't great about getting um, the momentum back, but I, I do think that I just wouldn't want to go into the playoffs on that performance that we saw today offensively. I feel like all this data is really hard to throw in the blender and, and, and bring something out. It would be pretty clear to me if they were didn't have the buy that, that you got to play guys somewhat next week just to 
Um, I'm sorry, I'm saying that inside out. I mean, it, it, if you didn't have the buy, you would definitely rest them, right? But it, it is a long time to go when you're not in, in full, uh, full harmony or whatever term you'd use with, with this offense to, to just say, yeah, we'll just pick it back up in a couple weeks. Um, but I do, I do feel like the injury thing hovers over all. Uh, the fear of injury as opposed to just somebody, you know, pushing it. So I kind of like the the halfway approach. Maybe it really is a, a, a quarter. The problem is going to be if you get, you play a quarter and it's not really any good. Right. <laughs> then you're kind of. The problem you're going to have there. Sorry, Vahe. No, the that's problem, all. Yeah, the problem you're also going to have there is if you are resting a Tyree Kill or a Sammy Watkins, Exactly how good is this offense going to look if you run Mahomes out there and he's throwing to Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle, not your starting wide receiver? So the, the, the offense might not look like you want it to look. Right. I just don't think you want to risk the injury. I, I, that's the biggest fear. I always go back to last season, Juan Thornhill, Chiefs are cruising into the playoffs, and he tears his ACL in a meaningless game against the Chargers. I, I don't think you want to do that. Well, the, that, that game wasn't meaningless because they had to win to – to get the buy, um, but as you know, I, I think you asked Blair what what should and what will they do. I think he rests the guys. I think that's what he will he will do. And I guess part of the, my thought process on wanting momentum only they can really know how they're feeling. I don't know exactly how Andy Reid and how Patrick Mahomes now those guys are actually feeling confidence wise. And if they feel great, then they feel great. Then they don't need the game. But if they do feel like there's some stuff they've got corrected, I just don't think you can replicate that in practice. I would be surprised if we see it treated like something of a preseason game next week where the starters are on the field for maybe the first quarter or two series, and then you start seeing um, them uh, shuffled out. And it doesn't – the entire second half would be, um, you know, reserves. But uh, there are not a lot of options. I mean, the Chiefs don't have – I mean, we're talking about uh, linebackers. I mean, I think Willie Gay is going to see a lot of action again in Week 17. and. Um, and, and maybe uh, Darius Harris. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes. All right, guys, uh, let's end it here and, uh, and pick up the conversation again on Thursday morning at 9.30 where we will look ahead to the Week 17 game against the Chargers and take a peek at, uh, at the playoff picture as well. So for Sam McDowell, Vahe Gregorian, Sam Melliger, and Herbie Teope, and our producer, Beth Welsh, uh, thank you all for your questions and comments, and we'll talk to you again on Thursday. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff and everyone who helps make this podcast happen. Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Bonnie Davis, Todd Feedback, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. A tip of the cap to Herbie Teope, Sam McDowell, Sam Mellinger, and Vahe Gregorian for talking Chiefs. Links to their stories can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, we've got another deal for you, especially for those that want to deep dive into the stars' terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. You go to kansascity.com slash sportspass2020 to get this deal. That's kansascity.com slash sportspass2020. You want more than just sports coverage? I know I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.com 
kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, bkirkhoff at kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening. Have a good day, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.